Okay, good morning. Today is the second of um, Ada Aleph. Uh, and Loazi, the Gregorian calendar is February 11th, Sunday, February 11th. Okay, terrific. We're going on, of course, in uh, Kizar Yukute Halachos Halacha Gimel, second paragraph, although it's still under the letter Aleph. Not sure why there isn't a second paragraph thrown in, but anyway, it's the second paragraph. And we were talking about how uh, the importance of Simcha, how it strengthens the Malach, and the connections between Purim and Pesach were going on. Um, and of course, we were talking about the uh, the Pagama Bris, uh, Tumas Keri, and the connection with Haman Amalek going on. goes like this, Lifamim, Lifamim. Right? So sometimes this Tuma, the Tuma of Kerry, of Haman Amalek, of uh, spilled seed, comes that we elevate the the drop of Esav and Yishmael to the brain. Okay, so some sort of uh, energy of Esav and Yishmael comes into the brain. Because but through this, that through this, through this elevation of, of Esav and Yishmael into the brain, um, there is a blemish in Mishpat. Okay, so what does this mean? Esav, we know, is the twin brother of Yaakov and the son of Yitzchak. Yishmael was the son of the maidservant, <coughs> the first son of Avraham. So, we know that Abraham was, um, is considered the Mida, the attribute of chesed, of kindness. And his son Yitzchak, not Ishmael, his son Yitzchak is Gevura, strength, severity. So what, what we say is that Ishmael, Abraham's first son, he is considered chesed of klipa, right? What does that mean? It means that, right, so that every attribute that exists, right, is is not a good or bad thing. Rather, it needs to be in its own space, right? Um, right. Chesed is giving, but chesed without boundaries is destructive. Like a rain, uh, a field needs a certain amount of irrigation. Rain. What if there's a flood, right? So chesed, water is chesed. It doesn't have boundaries. It doesn't have form. Too much water in a field will destroy the field, right? So that would be an example of chesed without boundaries. That's embodied by Ishmael Esav, however, being the son of Yitzchak, right? Yaakov, Esav's twin brother, is, uh, is called Tiferes, which is beauty, which is in the center, which is a combination of Chesed and Gevura, balance. And Esav is the, the Gevura of Klipa, right? And that is embodied by, um, he's the East Side, he's a hunting man. Everything to him is, is a commodity, is a target, can be captured and taken, right? Um, ultraviolence, war, right? These are, these are gavura without mida, okay? So when they go to the brain, and the, how is it created? Pagama mishpat. What is mishpat? Mishpat is, right, right, what is the, the mishpat means justice or judgment. What is the symbol of justice? Is a blind a woman with a, a, a scarf around her eyes that she can't see and she's holding a scales, right? 
the just like the, the mazel, the astrono- astrological sign, the zodiac sign for the month of Tishrei, the month of judgment, is of course Libra, the scales, right? <laughs> judgment requires balance. And Esav and Yishmael are about imbalance, right? So the the connection, so sometimes, Pagam Abris comes from uh, when there's an imbalance of chesed, kindness, and gavura severity in the brain, which... Uh, destroys one's ability to see the world in a fair and a judgmental way because we're either too far to this side or too far to that side ah, and this is related to the idea that Haman comes from Zera Agag fine so this imbalance of the, 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 the powers of Esau and Ishmael is the aspect of the fact that Haman is born from Agag, Shech Yehoshua? That what's the what's the connection between Agag and Shaul? Agag was king of uh, of I guess he was the king of Amalek. I don't remember exactly. I think so. Yeah. And Shaul was told by the Navi that he had to kill all of them, had to kill the king and all of his people. And if I recall correctly, he leaves alive Agag the king and one cow, right? And um, my my memory is that the Lubavitcher Rebbe says about this, I learned once that um, Aga, that, excuse me, Shaul, even though he was told by the, by the Navi, by the prophet, that he had to kill them all and destroy all their stuff, so he thought, what am I going to do? I'm going to get the king Agag to do tshuva and I'm going to bring uh, this cow as a as a as a korban in the Beit HaMikdash and thereby do a tikkun on Amalek but it doesn't work that way Agag sneaks out and uh, and he his line continues right and then from him comes um, Haman eventually right in all days, pagam So what happens? So by Shaul eschewing the commands of the of the prophet of the Navi, he allows Haman to come into the world, and it says it's a pagam zos. What is zos? Zos means this, right? So he could be saying, oh, this is a, a blemish on on this level, right? But also, Zos is a reference to Malchus, right? Um, the word Zos, whenever you see it in the Zos or Zeh, whenever you see it in the in the Chumash, it means pointing at something, right? Chodesh Hazeh Lachem Yerosh Chodeshim. Rashi says, when when Hashem said, Chodesh Hazeh Yerachem, this month will be, will be to you uh, the the head of all months, the first of months uh, that. Kaviachal is that where Rashi says Rashi says that um, Hashem is pointing at the moon. Okay, so Zos means point. The Zos means Malchus, right? So when he makes this, he does this pagam in uh, Shaul, who's king, was unable to destroy Agag as he was commanded to. He makes a blemish in Bechinas Zos. What's the Bechinas Zos? Bechinas Malchus, right? 
he destroys his own Malchus, right? And we see that's what happens. What does it mean that Klipas Amalek is, is includes within Esav and Ishmael? Right? Because Esav and Ishmael, what happens? Who is, uh, who is Amalek? Uh, just genealogically speaking, he is, if I remember correctly, uh, Esav took a Pelegish from uh, the, I think Ishmael's daughter, Ishmael took his, Esav took his Pelegish, and from there comes um, uh, Haman Amalek, something like that. But this is also a remez to, I mean, this, this points a straight line to what's happening today in Israel, right? Hamas and the Palestinian Authority have both appeared. Where did they come from? They came from the fact that the Jewish people as a whole and our uh, the, the the certainly the representatives of the state of Israel, the leadership of the state of Israel, um, doesn't fully believe that the land of Israel belongs to us. Uh, doesn't fully believe that it's really worth fighting for, um, and therefore they have made space for Hamas to to thrive in Gaza and the Fatah to thrive in the in Yehuda and Samaria and uh, Shomron, Judea and Samaria, what's called the West Bank, right? Because how does that work? That if the the people of Israel, the the the, the leadership of the state of Israel said, no, this land all belongs to us. We're not going to allow a competing nationalistic movement. We're not going to allow a a, uh, a a a national narrative which says that we are illegitimate. Uh, conquerors that, that have no right to be here, uh, if we really believed that Israel was ours and we didn't think maybe they have a point, um, you know, I don't know if that means there would be no Arabs here, but it's certainly the idea that there would be a, a, a mass movement that says that um, Israel shouldn't be here and should be replaced by something else, that wouldn't exist, right? So anytime when, when we have doubt when we leave space, right? When we are uh, merciful to the cruel, right? I think it's a, I think it's from uh, Kohelis somewhere. Um, one who is merciful to the to the cruel will be cruel to the merciful, etc. Welcome to Israel. Um, and um, so yeah, so the just like the presence of Haman comes to be, and the danger of Haman happens because Agag was not able to fulfill his duties as king. So too, does Hamas and the Fatah, the Palestinian Authority, exist because the state of Israel is unable to exert uh, their own malchus. Fine. Right, and how do we get tikkun mishpat? Right, so the blemish in mishpat comes from an imbalance in chesed and gevura related to Esav and Ishmael, which gives birth to Haman Amalek. How do we fix this this uh, blemish injustice? How do we create a tikkun in Mishpat? Happens to the tzaddik Amos, the true tzaddik whose merit, who merits to grasp great ideas, great concepts. And he is like a child who, who digs through the treasure house of the king. That's, a, I'm sure, a reference to something but I don't know. Just the same. Just the same. 
that even though this great tzaddik who has great hasagas, great great uh, thoughts and great understanding, just like one who is allowed to, I think this is an idea that the, some, if someone could had reshus had the had the was given permission to go wandering through the king's storehouse, he could find all kinds of treasures and wealth, right? So this great tzaddik is like this. He has great access to to the wealth of Torah and knowledge of Hashem. And just the same, how does he serve Hashem? He's Masalek Chachmasai. He's not serving Hashem with his Chachmas. He sends his Chachmas away. Vesagaso, and, and his, his deep understanding and knowledge. But what does Hashem of Shidus do? And he serves Hashem in a simple, simple, clear way. And he sends himself inside of the simplicity in order to do the Hashem's will. May be blessed. Right? That through this, he's able to be masi, to grasp the 50th gate. Right? So, so what's an example of that? An example of that is like the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Right? We saw the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was a big, big, big tzaddik. He would speak for hours at a time. Deep, deep Torahs. Clearly a genius. Clearly someone who knew the Torah backwards and forwards. And what did he do? He spent uh, hours and hours and hours of his life standing in line, handing out dollar bills to just anyone in the world and giving brachas and just made himself available for Am Yisrael. Right? He didn't just sit in, in his office and, and say, anyone who can, can hold cup, anyone who can understand my Torah, great. But if you can't, you know, that's, that's your problem. No. He was a big, big tzaddik, a great, great tzaddik, and he came out and he acted in a simple manner. He just stood there. He was just like a, a man. He stood there and he gave, gave out tzedakah. And he gave people dollars. That they should, or he did a similar thing. He would pour pour wine for people. He would pour l'chaim for people, right? Um, and he, he just made himself so simple, such a public figure, right? In order to do Hashem's will. And through this, through this simplicity, through this act of simplicity, one, can, this great tzaddik, can merit to grasp the Shar HaChamishim. What is Shar HaChamishim? Shubachinus HaSagas Rasha V'Tovla V'Tzadik V'Tzadik Rasha V'Tovla V'Tzadik V'Ralo Shalit Ezen Nistaken V'China Mishpat B'Shor Shor HaElyon V'Az Nizbatel Tuma Hanal Right, so this this refers us back to the first Torah we saw about going to Bina Right, the, the necessity that, that Adl Yada, the devotee of Purim can bring us to a Tikkun through Bina Why? Because Nun the letter Nun is Gematria Chamishim, is the numerical value of Chamishim, and that is that is connected to the idea of Bina, right? Lif Neshemesh Yenun Shmo. Okay, that, that it's a, connects us to Malchus, and then eventually to Bina, right? The the the, the mother instead of the daughter, and. Um, Right, uh, they say on on uh, Shavuos. Right, what do we do before Shavuos? Before Shavuos, from the second day of Pesach on, we count forty-nine days for Omer, right? And then the fiftieth day after the second day of Pesach is, of course, Shavuos, the day we don't count. That's the day when we receive the Torah, right? And we receive the Torah from the fiftieth gate, from the place of Bina. Once again, the place where the Da'alma Da'ase, where where there is no good or bad, where there's just goodness, just Hashem's oneness, that is the place from where the Torah is given, 
that's the Shara Hamishim, that the Tzadik grasps by going above his knowledge, right? And what happens in the, in the 50th gate? Then he can be Masig, right? Then the Tzadik can grasp the idea of Rasha Vatovlo, a Rasha who has a good life, and a Tzadik Varalo, and a righteous person who has a bad life. Or, we, as we say in common vernacular, why do bad things happen to good people, right? It's a very, it's an ancient question, right? Um, but it's something that can only be grasped in the highest level of Bina, right? Just like we saw that in the first, in the Halacha Aleph, that the Avodah of Purim is to bring us to a place where we, we don't see the difference, we don't grasp the difference between Arohaman and Baruch Mordechai, and cursed is, is uh, Haman and blessed is Mordechai, right? Because at a certain place, they are completely one. So too, this is the place of Bina, and when we, when the Tzadik can grasp this place of, gets this place of Bina through getting beyond his Zechel, through action, right, then he can connect to the 50th gate, where <coughs> he can understand why bad things happen to good people. Through this, we fix the beginning of Mishpat Peshosh HaElyon, and then the Tuma is uh, canceled. Right, so what is this what is this saying ultimately, right? What does it mean that bad things happen to good people, that there's a there's a there could be a Rasha who has good to him or, or, or a righteous person that's bad to him, right? This is a tikkun mishpatz. What does it mean tikkun mishpatz? It means that mishpatz, real justice, the universe's justice, God's justice, doesn't always sound like, look like, feel like what I would do, right? Just because it makes sense to me, right? That's one of the big issues that, that I think happens today in conversations we have about the big topics of the day, that a lot of people think that what seems like a good idea to them should be the law, right? What makes sense to me should be correct, but it's not. Just because it makes sense to you doesn't mean it's right, right? That sometimes the mishpat, the justice of the world, God's justice, requires, for whatever reason, that there should be a Russia who has a good life, and there should be a Tzadik who has a bad life, right? That's just how it is, right? So, what is this Bina? This Bina, I believe, is how do I get back, right? First, we, we start with, with he says the, the Tzadik has great Hasagas. He's a very, very, uh, he's very wise. He's got deep, deep Torah knowledge, but he's got to throw that aside, right? He's got to forget everything he knows about, you know, the Shulchan Aruch says this, and the Torah says this. No, there's God's justice, which is above that, right? I have to experience it. I have to just accept it. Right? That's that's the adjective. That's the verb we need. Acceptance, right? Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today, right? That's what we're talking about. That's the Sharu Chamishim. That's Bina, right? Just understanding that I don't need to understand it, right? That there are there are divine machinations in this universe in God's world, which are greater than me, greater than I can understand, as opposed to, what does the clip of Esau and Ishmael say? Oh, kill him, I don't like him, uh, or uh, it's, it belongs to them, it's, it's, this is the, what I want to be, it's, it's good to me, right? That's what Esau and Ishmael say, they don't care about actual mishpats, they care about their own personal will being expressed. And this is how we bring down Haman. Right? So, how does this process of getting to um, the 50th gate and canceling this Tuma um, 
how does this bring down Amalek? That it's like this is the Bechin of Mordechai, right? That he is Bechin of the Tzadik, he's the Tzadik who merits this level Hasaga. He, who Baal Hasaga Gedoyla, right? He had great, great um, notions, great ideas, right? As we see in the words of our sages, what did he do? Right, even though uh, we say that he had great Torah knowledge, he was part of the Sanhedrin of Filu, right? Which is how he spoke the language of the, the guards, that he could uh, unearth their plot, discover their plot to, to kill the king of regicide, um, that he spoke all the languages, Right? And what does he do? Instead of he doesn't he doesn't sit in the the Sanhedrin and pass laws and and give shiuri. No, what does he do? He goes via Tzabatochah. He goes out in the city. He's 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 giving a, a geshrai. He's shouting a great shout, moaning and wailing. The end is nigh. Right, a great and bitter cry. And he's wearing sock and effort. He's wearing mourning clothing. Right. And through this. He understand he's he merits to the to grasp the idea of uh, a righteous person that has bad right why bad things have to be good people etc. This is the tikkun mishpat right. What is the tikkun? What what does this mean? What is this tikkun he's doing? Fine. Fine. What is this tikkun mishpat? Right, the, the the falling of the balance. Right, the example of pagam mishpat that that uh, Rav Nassim brings is when Shaul lets Agag live, and the tikkun mishpat is how Mordechai kills Haman. Now, what's the relationship between Agag and Haman? And Shaul and Mordechai, well, just like Agag is the great-great-granddaddy of Haman, so too is Shaul, he's a, Binyam, he's a Benjaminite, he's a Yamini, Ish Yamini, he comes from the Shevet Binyamin, so too does Mordechai. He's also a Yamini, a Benjaminite from the Shevet Binyamin, right? So we see not just that Mordechai is doing a tikkun on the, the national tragedy, the national um, woes, Yisurim, problems. He also is Zoha, he merits to do a tikkun on his own family's mishpat, right? That this, this klipa, right, of Haman that he has to defeat, it's also, it's generational trauma, right? It's, it's his, his, uh, forebear's mistake, right? So perhaps, perhaps we can say that if a person and everyone on his own level, right? I, I'm not certainly not holding. I'm not in the Sanhedrin. I don't speak seven languages, right? So I'm not saying that I'm on this level of Mordechai. But every one of us can can do what we can to try and do maasim tovim, to try and mashlich our chachmas, right? We all have a certain level of wisdom, and we can send that away, whether it means by taking care of our children or giving tzedakah or Doing, doing something which is just a voda tzmimus pshitus, serving Hashem with simplicity, doing his bodedus, giving a chizit to a friend, or whatever it is that we can do, 
But this is not just a tikkun and mishpat which affects the national blemish and mishpat, but it's also my personal blemish and mishpat which I can fix through these actions, perhaps. And he cancels Klebas Amalach, because the Achiza, what did Mordechai grasp? The, 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 the root of his soul was in a great high, high place, which, what is the soul, where, is, where does Mordechai's uh, soul come from? It says his soul is, it comes down from a place called the Sod, his Galus Chochma Sasima, the secret of the revelation of the hidden wisdom. And when does this, um, when is the secret of the revelation of the hidden wisdom happen? It is revealed, it is revealed at the time we sleep, and when we, uh, um, I'm not sure exactly what dormita means, I don't have my dictionary here, but dormita, uh, dormir, it's, it's one of these words that kind of, it's probably Aramaic, but it comes through Latin. Uh, sleep, right? Drowsiness, um, uh, a lowered mental state, right? So this, so the hidden wisdom comes out when we're not paying attention. Kamvor bekisverizal. This is the kisverizal, right? Uh, and when is the moment of sleep, right? So the the Gemaris is something a statement that I really have been thinking about a lot uh, recently. But it says three things happen in, uh, there are three things that come through Hesekadas, right? When our, when our minds are not there, when we're not paying attention. One is a scorpion bite. One is we find lost objects. And one is Mashiach comes, right? So there's this aspect of great tikkun that Chazal says that it can't come when we're paying attention. It's going to come from where we're not looking. So what's the aspect of, of not paying attention? That's like sleep, right? And what else is like sleep? Today, be amenu, right? Today we're all asleep. We're all distracted. Um, basic values, basic concepts in the world are uh, either completely eschewed or they're looked upon as ridiculous and, and out there. Edgy conspiracy theories, right? You have an entire, um, right... Etc. Fill in your conspiracy theory. Fill in fill in your your pet peeve. Right. Things that that a hundred years ago would have been unquestionable reality fact. Fifty years ago, um, forty years ago, ten years ago are seen as uh, perhaps dangerous, scary ideas. Right. We're clearly asleep as a as a people. As a, as, a, as certainly Am Israel, the whole world, whatever. So at the time of sleep is when Mordechai. Um, can can reveal his secret, right? This is the revelation of the hidden wisdom. I knew. Right, that the tzaddik can reveal the hidden wisdom, which is hidden from everyone's eyes. Right, what is this hidden wisdom that Mordechai can reveal? It's the idea that there is a tzaddik that has bad to him and a rasha that has good to him. This is the fixing of the mishpat. Vialkain, uh, okay, so, and I want to say that this to me reminds me of, I haven't been to Uman Rosh Hashanah in many years, unfortunately. Um, I try and get to Meiron for Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashem. It's uh, in Uman, but it's great. And what is that ultimately, right, is, is a complete immersive experience 
of connection to Hashem and the Tzadik and Am Yisrael, right? It's an experience so big that it's, it's I, I think it's changing Am Yisrael in a very deep way on many levels. But ultimately, the Iker, right, as Rebbe says, Davin is Davin, learning, uh, what does he say? Davin is Shlufen is Shlufen, Essen is Essen, Davin is Davin, right? Eat, don't eat, sleep, don't sleep, Davin, don't Davin, just be in Uman Rosh Hashanah, right? Meaning that the, the entire experience of going to Uman Rosh Hashanah is about, is above Hasaga, it's above my own avoda. It doesn't matter what you wear just as long as you are there. The whole point of Uman Rosh Hashanah, and what is Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is the day of Mishpat, it's the day of crowning the king. It's the, uh, it's the, the, right, Yom Haras Olam, that we come before Hashem, the entire, everyone in the world comes before Hashem, one by one, for judgment, right? And this Tikkun Mishpat, it happens best in a place like this, because we're not thinking, we're not relying on our prayers, we're not relying on our learning, right? It's an, ex- it's a complete experiential, experiential, um, um, approach to Avodah Hashem, right? It's about singing, it's about dancing, it's about being there, right? And then, what happens? You go to this place where, right, we say on Rosh Hashanah, we're, we're, we're asleep, and we build a shofar, and it wakes us up. So in that moment of sleep, before we wake up, then we have access, then Mordechai, the tzaddikah and the level of Mordechai, can reveal to us this hidden wisdom, Right? This hidden chokhmah, which is the idea of tzaddik, of bad things happening to good people, right? What does that mean? That means acceptance, right? I get to a place where I can accept, I can see the universe, and then I don't understand it, but I can accept it, and I can accept that it's okay to be uncomfortable. I can accept that I may not like what I'm seeing, but Hashem, this is Hashem's creation, this is Hashem's universe. And that's why Mordechai, right? Chazal say in Masechet Megillah they say Mordechai minator minayin. How do we know that Mordechai is on the Torah? What's the what's the biblical source for Mordechai? Right. So we say that Mordechai is lashon mardror, which is one of the the uh, incenses, one of the spices in the incense. Why? Because mardror in in uh, the Unkelos Targum Unkelos is maradachia, which sounds like Mordechai, right? So he is compared to this. Um, incense called mar drawer. Drawer, of course, is the word means freedom. And what does it mean that Mordechai is called mar drawer? Literally, mar drawer means the master of freedom. Right? And drawer is the Bechinis Yovel, right? Drawer is, is one of the words that is used in connection with the mitzvah of Yovel. Which is the fiftieth year, right? The Yovel is the is the jubilee year. They say in English, that happens uh, in the fiftieth year after seven shemitah cycles. So after seven sevens, just like we get from, we count Sphira, seven weeks of seven days, forty nine, and then we get to Matan Torah, which is the fiftieth date, fiftieth gate. So too is the Yovel year, the fiftieth year after seven sets of seven shemitahs, right? Seven Shemitah cycles, and that's the year of drawer of freedom, right? Right, so how do we end this? We say that Mordechai has this, the, the 
the tzaddik who is like Mordechai has this ability at the time that we're sleeping, just like Am Yisrael was asleep, right? Right, going back to the top of Halacha Gimel, that Haman thought that at the end of 70 years, Am Yisrael was asleep and we're never going to wake back up, and he could conquer us. But what he didn't know, right, just like he doesn't know that just like he thinks that Adar is the furthest point from Nisan, but really it's the closest point to Nisan, so he can attack us in our sleep. Another thing he doesn't know is that he thinks that when we're asleep, right, there's no there, there's no hope. You can't, you know, a sleeping person is completely defenseless. But no, what he doesn't know is that the Tzadik, who was able to mashlich his mochin, to send away his chokmas, that he can come, he can reveal something to Am Yisrael while we're asleep, in the point of our sleep. Right, specifically and certainly only when we are asleep are we even open to seeing this. And what's that? Is this idea that Hashem runs the world, right? That Hashem has mishpat that I don't understand, right? And that's okay. Hashem rules the world. It doesn't. I can't push it to the right anyway. I can't push it to the left. There's, there's, a, there's a seder to the world. There's a justice to the world, which is beyond me. And that is that brings me to the freedom of the Yovel, the Shar Hamishim, right? What the whole Yovel process is, is accepting that Hashem runs the world. Debts are forgiven and slaves are freed and land goes back to where it's supposed to go, right? That feels maybe unfair to me if I'm if I'm a slave owner or if I'm a landowner or if I have all these loans, right? But that's that's the freedom that God creates in the world. That's the justice that God creates in the world. It's the balance of justice. And these, all these things we do are the aspect of giving gifts to the poor and charity, that we give a lot of charity, a lot of tzedakah on Purim, because tzedakah is, is the bechin of tikkun mishpat. Why is, why is tzedakah tikkun mishpat? Right? Because I am saying, I'm going to take money that belongs to me, that it belongs to me, it's right, it's mine, I own it, and I'm going to give it away. I'm going to let Hashem move it through the universe. And why it's, it's also because you could breathe, because you could breathe, is when I relate to the universe, when I relate to the world around me, when I relate to Hashem, in a healthy midah, in a way in which I understand that there that everything is, and breathe itself is, is the idea of balance, right? So, so going, just to recap this whole thing, Haman Amalek thought he could attack us while we were sleeping. He thought he could attack our uh, Tikkun Abrit, right? Which creates uh, a problem in Mishpat. The world is unbalanced when I when I have Pagam Abris, right? I don't see the world in a clear, sane way, right? And what is actually righteousness, judgment, justice, might seem to me in my in my wounded emotions, right? Created by Pagam Abris, might seem to me as the wrong thing, right? But what happens is, when I am able to throw out, right, these these inappropriate thoughts, when I can throw out all my thoughts, and I can just serve Hashem in simplicity, then I'm able to achieve <coughs> achieve a notion that God has a mishpat which is above my mind. It gives me patience. We're talking about patience. We're talking about acceptance. We're talking about not judging things according to what feels correct for me, right? And we're talking about the freedom of accepting that Hashem runs the world in His own way, in His own time. And if I'm zoche, if I'm lucky, if I put the work in, right, 
then perhaps I can do a tikkun mishpat not just on um, right that I can do two two tikkunim one tikkun is the tikkun of all of Israel killing Haman Amalek for all of Israel but also he's giving us etzes he's giving us advice here that we can do tikkunim in our own lives our own family trauma right our own inherited mistakes right and ultimately how we do this is by getting to a place of freedom which comes from accepting 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 that everything that God created in his world is created to serve him does that make sense does that work out yeah I think that's good and that's the end of Halakha Kimmel a little bit long today I hope you enjoyed it I did too God bless and have a wonderful day.